Chapter Fourteen of Eight Girls and a Dog by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Willing service. At this unexpected solution of her great problem, Mrs. Lennox recovered herself quickly and exclaimed, "Oh, my dears, if you only would! But do you really mean it? Do they?" And she looked at Aunt Molly for confirmation of an offer too good to be true i think they do said aunt molly smiling and i can assure you dear mrs lennox that whatever these young ladies undertake will be well and thoroughly done how can we do it said nan do you mean for the english ladies to think we are really servants of course they must cried millicent who had waked up to the glorious possibilities of the situation unless it's a real masquerade it will be no fun at all but where can we get the right kind of caps and aprons aunt molly volunteered to go down to town for them that very afternoon and mrs lennox seeing that these strange girls were really in earnest accepted the blessing heaven had so unexpectedly sent to her and at once began to make the most of it which of you are the best cooks she inquired with an air of a general marshalling his forces but such a capable and straightforward general that no offence could possibly be felt hester and marjorie was the immediate reply of the other six very well said mrs lennox hester shall be the head cook since you named her first and marjorie assistant then jessie and betty were selected to be the deftest waitresses and millicent and helen were declared ideal ladies maids helen preferred to be mrs lennox's own maid so millicent was allotted to the english visitors all agreed that marguerite would make the most picturesque parlour-maid and as no other post could be thought of nan said she would be private secretary and librarian mrs lennox entered heartily into all the details of the scheme and agreed with millicent that if the thing were done at all it must be done completely and with the most careful attention to minutiae could you submit to be spoken to as menials said mrs lennox for i am most anxious to impress my english friends with the superiority of our servants over theirs you would have to be modest and deferential address me as madame and both the visitors as your ladyship but all this made it seem more of a lark and after the copious directions mrs lennox went home and the eight girls promised to appear the next afternoon at two that night aunt molly returned from the city bringing wonderful paraphernalia the waitresses were to wear white peak skirts and linen shirt waists their caps were of the conventional shape and their aprons were voluminous indeed with cross straps and broad wings which uncle ned declared could not be surpassed for the acreage in all london the cooks were to wear white too linen blouses with rolled-up sleeves and real cook's capes the ladies maids wore pink and blue gingham respectively with aprons befrilled and beflounced and most fetching little caps with ribbon bows but marguerite was pronounced the gem of the collection in her plain black dress with a white apron of thin lawn trimmed with a wide accordion plaited ruffle 
and tied back with a most enormous bow a hand in each pocket of her apron she looked like the coquettish parlor-maid one sees on the stage or in the comic papers a bewitching little cap was jauntily perched on her fluffy golden hair and her high-heeled slippers clicked gaily as she tripped around at two o'clock precisely on the day of the performance the eight presented themselves at mrs lennox's door and were admitted by that lady herself why you are a proper-looking lot she exclaimed as the girls filed in and you've taken a weight off my mind i can tell you when i woke this morning i thought it was all a dream your coming i mean and i have not really felt sure of you until i saw you approaching goodness gracious miss marguerite i think your ladyship will open her eyes at my parlour-maid of course i shall call you by your first names they are rather unusual for servants some of them but i will explain that american servants are awfully elaborately dubbed then the girls flew to their respective places and work began in earnest hester and marjorie were a bit appalled at the overflowing condition of mrs lennox's larder but nan and millicent having nothing to do came to their assistance and a really fine dinner was soon in course of preparation jessie and betty set the table while marguerite gathered flowers and decorated the various rooms until they were fragrant bowers of beauty mrs lennox's house was a large and luxurious mansion exquisitely appointed and with beautiful furnishings indeed so delighted was marguerite with her surroundings and with the mirrored representations of her pretty self that she almost forgot to do her work isn't it fun said jessie as she passed the parlor door with a huge silver basket which mrs lennox had just entrusted to her it's a delight to set a table with such lovely things how are the cooks said marguerite leaving off pirouetting before the pier glass and coming out to chum with the others but her entrance to the kitchen was not welcomed go away cried marjorie fly away you butterfly we're really busy and much flustered besides you seem to be frying everything commented marguerite teasingly there is a sound as sizzling grease the crackling of grease saved rome called out hester and marguerite went back giggling but at last everything was in readiness and not any too soon either for the doorbell rang a resounding peal hurriedly the servants confabbed as to whose place it was to go to the door in the absence of a manservant they concluded it was a waitress's place but marguerite settled the question by remarking that no matter whose place it was she would go anyhow nan was ensconced in the library helen was with mrs lennox in her boudoir and millicent waiting in the guest's apartment but the eyes of the other four were peering cautiously from behind doors and portieres as the pretty and audacious parlor-maid flung open the front door with an air that would have done credit to a lord chamberlain mrs lennox murmured the grand lady visitor somewhat taken aback at the lovely vision confronting her yes your ladyships said marguerite's pretty voice will your ladyships enter she curtsied low then ushered the visitors to the drawing-room and presented her silver tray for cards 
lady pendered and lady lucy pendered said the elder guest in dignified tones and marguerite reddened and whipped her tray behind her wondering if she had made a mistake she thought she caught the echo of giggling retreat to the kitchen but she determined to play her part as well as she could she tripped upstairs and announced the guest to mrs lennox i will go down at once said that lady helen my shawl yes madame said helen gracefully offering the dainty trifle of a shawl and then mrs lennox sailed downstairs and the two girls dropped to the floor and rocked back and forth in silent paroxysms of mirth then a bell summoned helen and millicent and resolutely resumed a prim demeanour they went downstairs side by side and presented themselves for orders although a lady of age and experience lady pendered had never seen just such ladies maids as these before and she raised her lochnon and stared at them with perhaps pardonable curiosity millicent attend these ladies said mrs lennox easily i trust she will make you comfortable lady pendered helen is my own maid but i beg you will command her lady lucy lady lucy pendered was a pale willowy girl of perhaps eighteen or twenty with light blue eyes and straw-colored hair which was most exceedingly frizzled millicent and helen promptly disliked her but with demure deference they relieved the distinguished visitors of their wraps and handbags and preceded them upstairs arriving at their rooms lady pender dismissed helen declaring that mrs lennox must need her and stating that she and her daughter could easily manage with one maid which millicent discovered to mean that lady lucy would not monopolize her services and lady pendered would shift for herself as a beginning lady lucy reclined languidly on a couch and thrust out her foot which was heavily shod after the most exaggerated english fashion for a moment millicent felt annoyed and her face flushed deep red then remembering it was a game she threw herself into it in her own whole-souled way and dropping on her knees before the pale-haired aristocrat she removed her heavy boots brought her slippers and put them on for her then proceeded to assist her through the intricacies of a very elaborate toilet millicent afterward confessed to marjorie that she did want to burn the lady lucy's noble forehead when she frizzled that ridiculous nest on top of her head but at the time she was a most exemplary lady's maid deft patient and willing meanwhile helen was assisting mrs lennox to don her grandest attire in honor of her titled guests and not having to masquerade just then helen and the eccentric old lady were becoming fast friends End of chapter 14